You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, 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 good people. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This episode is a really, really good one. It's so good, in fact, that I forgot that it... <laughs> hadn't already came out. And that's because it was originally released as a Patreon bonus episode months and months ago. And in my little pea brain, I thought that meant it had come out publicly. Well, guess what? It hadn't. This is a recording that I did with my good buddy, Colt Caproon. We were at GearFest. This is the last piece of content that I made while at GearFest, although I do have a few more waiting in the wings that will be released later. This is the actual last recording that I made while at Sweetwater's GearFest this summer. We had a really great talk. He did some updating on his previous appearance on the podcast. So if you're not familiar with Colt, he is a music production guru. I don't know if you'd be okay with me saying that, but I said it anyway. No, in all seriousness, he is an excellent, amazing music producer and recording engineer in Nashville. He has a fantastic YouTube channel. If you've not watched it, you're doing yourself a disservice. You definitely should check out Colt's YouTube channel. He is killing it over there and providing a lot of great information, gear reviews, tips, tricks, all kinds of things. You really, really should check out his channel. It is awesome. And he is a really, really cool guy. I love having conversations with Colt. And therefore, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Colt. And wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the people who are supporting this show over on Patreon have already heard this one. They heard it way back in July when it was first released. So if you think that might be something you would like to do, head on over to patreon.com slash tonemob. And for five bucks a month, you too will get extra bonus episodes like this one beamed to your ears every single week. In fact, the Patreon supporters are getting two episodes this week that I recorded while I was at Farewell Fest so yeah, if you're over on Patreon already, you're going to get those here very shortly. So check out your feed if you are indeed a Patreon supporter. And if not, no worries. You still get this one on the house. And I would appreciate it if you would share this with anybody that you think might need to hear it. Shout out to Sweetwater for having us out. Shout out to Colt for taking the time to do this. And sorry, buddy, I apologize for this taking so long to come out publicly. That is entirely my bad. But it's here. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today I have returning Mr. Colt Caprun, one of my favorite guests. Oh, thank you. I, good, good morning. I, good, good morning. Is it morning? What is? Where are we? I'm delirious. <laughs> we are at Sweetwater for GearFest. I have been carting myself all over this facility Record because last year I was set up in one of the studios, which was wonderful. Um, but they brought way more creators out this year, yeah, and so that was not going to be possible. So I've been all over the campus, uh, recording, and so here we are. 
I think this is the last thing both of you, both of us are going to do. I'm, I'm uh, done. It's yeah. been three crazy days, and, and this is it. <laughs> this is it. I'm pumped to end it like this. I, this is. I am. I'm very happy to end it this way. We're yeah. chilling. We kind of got our own space back here. Yep. We can do whatever we want. My and, feet are uh, kicked up on a chair, and everyone's walking past this place, looking at me like I'm. Some sort of degenerate <laughs> in the middle of Sweetwater offices. Uh, we are, you know. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, we're a little bit degenerate, but man, uh, it's cool to do this in person. Last time yeah. we did it remote. I always prefer an in person, even though I rarely get to do them. But, I do too. Um, and I thought honestly, the next time we did this, it would probably be in Nashville. But mm. here we are. Well, next time you're in Nashville, hit me up. You know, I'm going to. <laughs> we're gonna eat. We're going to do whatever. Yes. It'll be fun. <laughs> we got to get into some pizza. Last time you were talking about your favorite pizza joints in Nashville. Yes. So unfortunately, so I, I talked up that place and uh, a listener posted to the Discord, which I need to be more active in. Sorry, everyone. Um, the, uh, a pizza from there. It's called uh, Smith and Lentz. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they were like, it was okay. And I was like, really? I loved that pizza. What, what do you mean? And they posted their pizza and I'm like, that doesn't look like went, what I've had from them before. Went downhill, huh? It would only have been like a couple months after I was there. Oh, wow. So I was like... Maybe it was just an off I night. I think it was just an off, probably an off night. But unfortunately, I hate it when I'm like, this is so good. And then somebody gets like a mediocre experience. I, I agree. Yep. <laughs> yep. You feel like you're letting everybody down. I know. Or like, man, this guy's terrible taste. Like, ah. <laughs> can't trust anything he That's says. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But uh, I don't know. I've ate there twice and I've been... I loved it both yeah. times. Yeah, I still need to try it. Mm-hmm. I have not been on the pizza hunt since our last episode. No, it's all right. You're a busy guy, and I, I'm so much more on the barbecue side of things. I hey, that's yes, I'm so, with you. I'm and with you. I lately I've been doing it myself too. So yeah, I've got a smoker, and it's like multiple times a week. It's ribs or brisket or pulled pork or whatever, yes. or even just burgers on the smoker is unreal. What, do you, what kind of smoker do you have? Uh, so I got a Pit Boss. Okay. And the thing that I like about it, hashtag not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> not is, yet. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the Pit Bosses have a grate that opens mm-hmm. in the middle of it. That's cool. So like for burgers, for instance, or for steaks, I'll throw them on the side with the grate closed, smoke them at 200 degrees for an hour. Mm-hmm. Open that grate, crank it up to 500 degrees, and then so it's a reverse sear. Yeah. And that is the jam. That's how you do steaks. Yes. I See, I have to do that. I'll smoke the steak for a little while, get it almost done. Yep. And then I have a gas burner. Yep. Totally separate yep. that I put the cast iron on and, and do that. But if So this is an open flame wood-fired grill that'd be then. That would so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I like that. So I'm, I'm in the process of uh, I have to replace some parts on my Traeger. It's been it's been uh, very good, mm-hmm. actually. I've had it for like almost ten years. Yeah, triggers are great, and uh, it and it's the most basic one. Like I got it back before they had the Wi-Fi and stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm not gonna replace it. No, until why it, not? Yeah, yeah. And so I got the parts to fix it. I haven't done it yet, and it's been problematic at my house because we view that thing as like an essential appliance. Yep. Like we use it constantly, like yep. three, four nights a week. Yep. So I haven't had a chance to like tear it apart and get it. I thought I did. I thought I was like, I'll just replace the controller, which yeah. I did need to do, but also that's got some other things too. So that's funny. I got to tear it all back apart. It'll only take me like an afternoon, but since Nam, and it's not related to mm-hmm. Nam, but Look. just since Nam, I have been going nonstop. Well, it's good. It's good. It's, it's a great, great problem to have. It is, but uh, it's, and it's all fun. It's well, not all fun, but it's all, <laughs> all good. Good things. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, it's just been like, wow, I can't, get, I can't even hardly mow my lawn. It's yeah, ridiculous. I feel you there. <laughs> I am going to come home from this trip to a lawn that desperately needs mowed. Yes, same. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is uh, that is some depressing conversation right there. <laughs> this is like, well, this is ultimate dad talk. I know. Grills and and <laughs> lawn mowing. We're sitting in Sweetwater talking about grills and lawn mowing uh, while surrounded by all this stuff. Yeah. But I do want to talk to you because last time we were talking about the Atmos situation. Sure. And I don't want to make that like the crux of every conversation that we have. No, it's okay. But... You know, you a lot has changed. At that time, you were looking at doing the studio. I'm sure there's more information out about that now. And uh, fill us in. What is the deal? So for the listeners who don't know, go back and listen to the first time Colt was on. We don't need to rehash the whole story. Just go back and listen to that if you're confused. Yeah, so the the, first of all, I did not expect the whole Atmos thing to be as polarizing as it is. I didn't either. That's That was um, very surprising. Because that was not part of our conversation last time yet, was it? No. No. It had like just, it, I think it was still a rumor. Yes. At this point. Well, or technically, it, it is still a rumor. It's super unofficial. And that the whole, and what we're talking about for those that haven't listened is somewhere in sometime in February, rumors started spreading of the fact that you would likely not get playlisted on Apple Music if you didn't release your music mixed in Atmos. And it was rumors, and I reached out to a bunch of A-list mixers that, that I'm tight with, and they're all like, yep, that's it's unofficial, but definitely what's happening. So I substantiated all of that as much as I possibly could. Once I felt like I had enough to, to do a video on it, I do the video on it, and that video kind of broke the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was you released that right, I think the like same the, week. Yeah, yeah, the same week as our last episode. Yep. And that every once in a while, I do these videos that like just rocket through the entire music production side of the industry, mm-hmm. and it, it's wild. It's 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 a wild thing to see. But I did not realize it'd be so controversial because there's a whole bunch of people in the industry that swear that's not happening. And there's a whole bunch of people that swear it is happening. Oh, I didn't realize that was the contro- the controversy I was seeing is was more and it was less professionals. It was more like end users mm-hmm. being like, I don't care. That's, that's dumb. The, that's the other side of the controversy. Mm-hmm. There's the business side where people don't think it's happening. They're in denial, but most of the pros that are cranking out, you know, a couple hundred songs a year are all like, yeah, th- that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the consumer side that or the the naysayers that don't believe in the platform that atmos isn't a good thing for music that's the other controversial side right which i'm like i'm sorry if you haven't like if i all i had was the headphone experience Mm -hmm. i'd be like eh, yeah like it's cool it's kind of kind of a gimmick though but once you hear it on a real system yep it's the difference between mono and stereo it is and and i also think that people are not paying enough attention to the fact that the consumer electronic base is already in place. Yep. All the sound bars are at most compatible. TVs, like smart speakers, Alexas, home pods, they all put out Atmos. And the argument for the naysayers is well, no one's gonna put a hundred thousand dollars of speakers in their living room, so they'll never be able to experience this. They don't and, have to. And I think what people are missing is that the grandma baking cookies for her grandkids who has two home pods in her house that's putting out atmos 
she has no reference for what that $100,000 speaker setup sounds like. No. All she knows is that when she walks from her oven to her dining room table, she's literally walking through three-dimensional music. Mm -hmm. And it's neat. Yes. She doesn't know what it sounds like. Exactly. Otherwise. It's just cool. It's just cool. Mm -hmm. And then furthermore, because all the Atmos mixes are the default on Apple Music, Mm -hmm. my daughter, who's four and a half, she's going to grow up only hearing the Atmos mixes, even if it's the fold down. And since Atmos is minus 18 deliverable, it's so quiet, it's not crushed to death. What does that mean for the guitarists in the Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. Most people listening have probably heard something about the loudness wars. Yep. And it's because music has been limited and crushed to death in an effort to make it the loudest thing in the world because we are hardwired as humans to think that if you play two sounds that are identical and one of them is one dB louder, it's like a 99% that people will choose the louder one as the better sounding one, even if they're identical. Mm -hmm. So that's where the loudness war started. If you could get your music to sound louder than the competition, people would perceive it as better. And I made a the, meme about this. I'll yeah, have to show okay. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the foundation for the entire loudness war. And so nowadays, like for stereo, I'm crushing stuff to minus 5 dB, minus 4.5 dB, and it is unbelievably smashed and loud. But the deliverable for Atmos is minus 18, which means zero limiting. You are not limiting your releases in Atmos. Oh, wow. So the loudness wars are over. Dynamics are back. And all these people that have been screaming about the loudness wars for two decades, you've won. Atmos is your ticket. Mm -hmm. It's over. The loudness wars are over. But back to the point is my daughter is going to grow up hearing that as the default. Mm -hmm. She's going to grow up hearing stuff that's not crushed, that's not loud. She's going to grow up hearing stuff that's full of dynamics. And the crushed stuff is going to sound weird to her. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a thing that is is getting overlooked at the moment that maybe not in the next five years, but this next generation is going to be used to that. And that's going to be the norm for them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, we don't really have this because I'm, a, you know, weird, paranoid American. But like my sister, who's just five years younger than me, yeah. has like I think it's a Google Home, mm-hmm. right? I don't have that because yeah. I'm like I got enough connections on me, right. you know, I'm good. Yep. But the point is, is they're becoming very normal. That's and, the and standard it's, way people listen to music in their homes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of people listen that way. Like we're the weird ones for listening on vinyl. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, that's become more popular sure. than it has than it ever. But the average person the is average listening person. on a smart speaker. 100%. Yeah. And and they're, and my sister has them. And my point is, like, she's only five years younger than me, and she's totally – she's like, I don't care if it's listening to me. Right. You know, she's like – I Doesn't care. She does not – she knows that it is, and she doesn't care. Yep. And that's beca- that's most people. Yep, it is. Most people, I would say, 30 and younger. Yep. It's just what it is. But yeah, you're right. Like it's it I I very much think that Atmos is a good thing. I understand I I wish that or I hope. I don't think this is going to happen, but I hope that Apple doesn't do that for the reasons that we talked about as the far requirement, as requirement like like getting rid of stereo, you mean. Yes, exactly. I don't think that'll happen and here's why. I think vinyl is bigger than it's ever been. True. Can't do Atmos on vinyl. You can't. There's no way to pull v- Atmos out of vinyl, and and recording to tape 
is making a resurgence as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think there is ever going to be an incentive to keep people from using stereo because then all those Isn't artists, that what the no playlisting thing kind of is though? It sort of disincentivizes it. It, it disincentivizes it, but... I think the reason for them doing that is because they have invested so many millions or hundreds of millions of dollars into this format mm -hmm. that I think it's their way of trying to ensure that everything that you want to listen to is available in Atmos. They're trying to incentivize people to do Atmos. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it will ever make financial sense, which is the, the lens at which you have to look at all of this through. Yep. I don't think it will ever make financial sense for them to ban stereo. Right. Because there, were there are just too many genres and there are too many uh, means of production that are not conducive to ever be in Atmos. True. True. Um, that said, you know, nowadays so much has happened. Like Sony just released a pair of earbuds uh, like three weeks ago, mm -hmm. that apparently I haven't heard them, but apparently they are shockingly good at giving you the entire spatial thing. Really, I don't know. There's like a million drivers and a pair of earbuds facing all different directions. Oh wow! Yeah. So like, you know, there's a lot happening, and also, you know, I wouldn't recommend someone who's a serious professional mixer only do this in headphones. But you, if you just need to get it done. You can just do it in headphones. Mm -hmm. You can't if you have Logic and you had some some Apple AirPod Maxes. That's all you need. Like okay. you you can physically accomplish it for the sake of just getting it out there and playlisting. Right. Okay. You know. Hi, I'm Vincent, and I'm here to talk about the Maris Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800 hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations in 33 banks and something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my Pocky? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world... Do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services. And it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than two bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. 
Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last time, and I, I, I feel like, and maybe this has changed because things move really fast. I feel it's like been the, so fast. Con- the consensus was it wasn't quite there. Well, I don't think it's there professionally. Okay. I just think that if... Your average bedroom producer could, could do that. I just think that if it's the difference between releasing music and not releasing music, always default to releasing music however you can get through it. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't like the gatekeeping stuff, and I know that that's what a lot of people feel like this Atmos thing is at the moment. A lot of the naysayers feel that way about the gatekeeping. Oh, I have to do this now. I have to pay someone to do this. I have to pay for a rig. And I would encourage people to just consider the creative benefits and the dynamic benefits and then do the best you can from that. Right. Yeah, because we were talking about it, and there's a – you know, I don't know if this is going to happen super soon. It's definitely not going to happen super soon, but like I may be redoing and rebuilding a different studio. And I was seriously thinking like, I don't do this professionally, but I love one of the, the my favorite things. And we talked about this last time is the ability to, I can make pretty good sounding stuff in my space sure. and release it and people can listen to it. And they do and have, which is weird to me still, but <laughs> it's a thing. And I was like, I don't want to not be able to do that. Uh, and I also, I, or excuse me, I want to be able to get it on playlists if that's possible, even though my music is the least playlistable yeah. music ever. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to cut the ankles off of anything. But I agree. I was like, but I don't think I can justify an Atmos system for what I do because I'm not a professional producer. I'm not recording bands. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And I don't have any plans to. Right. So So I think there's two, three options mm -hmm. for people in that situation, which I think is going to be the vast majority of people is going to be in exactly your shoes. I think I would say I would put myself in... I, I mean, obviously, I do content and things for a living, so I'm more serious about it than your average person. Sure. I But I'm not to your level. Right. So I'm, like, somewhere above your average enthusiast, sure. but not a pro. I, I think I think the, the options that are the best options right now, and three months from now, these will probably not be the best <laughs> options, but as of right this minute, it's paying someone to mix it in Atmos. Do the stereo mix yourself, print the stems, pay someone to mix it. Mm-hmm. Um, or get Logic, get some AirPod Maxes, mix it yourself in headphones. Mm-hmm. It's not the full deal, hard to do professionally. If you're doing label gigs, I would really not recommend it. If you're working with artists who like have full-blown careers and make their living on the road, I would not recommend that. But if you're just trying to get music out, do it in headphones on mm-hmm. Logic. It's way better than not doing it. Yeah. Um, and then also the the earbud headphone technology, it, I think, is going to explode over the next two years. Mm-hmm. And I mean explode. Well, if Sony's already got something that most people seem to be pr- pretty impressed with. Really freaking out yeah. about. So that's like, I mean, once one company can do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm App- sure that, Apple's I'm, the biggest company in the world. Right. Single, you know, single, single company. entity. Yeah. yeah. They're going to make theirs better uh probably i mean uh, maybe I mean, not from they'll a, make it better than what they currently have sure sure yeah. and i just think that um the market is is super primed now they're not going to be cheap i don't know what these earbuds from these new earbuds from sony I mean, are supposed to cost for me if they're a thousand bucks they're that's probably going to be a lot more than that more than that okay i would imagine any of the decent options are 
in the beginning, because obviously this stuff gets cheaper over time. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I would see something like this probably being, you know, between one and three thousand dollars. But you figure, you know, a a solid, a really solid prosumer set of studio monitors is three thousand dollars. So if you get to mix in headphones in Atmos and do a really good job of it and have a really good setup and a really good representation of it for the same price point as a good stereo pair of monitors, that feels like a complete win to me. Yeah. I was trying to find these to get an actual price on them. just but I'm I, not sure that they're even released yet. I okay. just know people were testing them. Okay. I was like, I'm just curious just so I could say it on the podcast. Yeah, but. they had that immersive mixing event in Nashville a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to make it, but everyone was freaking out about those. Okay. So it's not it's not a on the market. Or it may it not be. It may not be out officially yet. Yeah. I got you. But yeah, it, I mean, these things always get cheaper though, right? Eventually. Everything. Everything. Eventually. Everything's real expensive. Anything that's on the cutting edge of technology is real expensive. Yep. We, I was just talking about this with the, some of the other guys. Uh, I think it was actually Henning Pauly. Uh, he was talking about he needed a CD burner for something, which he hasn't needed in a million years. And yep. he's like, last time I bought one of these, it was like $600. Yep. He's like, I got it probably for like 29 bucks. He got it for 20 bucks. Yep. <laughs> and, and like to think about like back in the day when I bought my first CD burner mm -hmm. as a music producer, because we had to have them. That's how we delivered masters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I paid a thousand or twelve hundred bucks for my first CD and you probably burner. had to like leave the room while it was running so it didn't error out like <laughs> yeah it took it took absolutely forever and yes many cds were wasted and like yeah, it was awful but yeah and now 20 bucks for a cd burner that's mm -hmm. crazy right it's funny that we even that they i was like were you even able to buy one right like and he's like yeah for 20 dollars, and it worked great plugged into my USB-C, boom done I was like, that's awesome. wild. So like these these things will will get more affordable. And what I wonder is if Atmos certification for an actual studio will get a little more accessible as more and more people start doing it, or more streamlined at least. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've changed the Atmos certification already a little bit mm -hmm. since the last time we talked. Which um, hasn't been that long. Which hasn't been that long. Six no. months or so. Yeah. Uh, my room, so I start construction on my room like next week. It, next week or the week after, I'm tearing my room apart to start the install finally. It has taken forever to get all the gear because everything is on back order. Because everybody's because, trying to do it. Because everyone's putting Atmos rigs in. And the the like supply chain demand, you know, instead of a company like Focal selling stereo pairs of speakers, now they sell 15 at a time. And so wow. it's like the demand is like so much exponentially higher that a lot of these companies, in addition to everyone trying to, to switch to it right now, um, I've been waiting a long time for some of the gear. That's a big difference. Yeah. And so I just I have just about everything. The final piece should be here in a couple of weeks. Um, and the construction is going to take probably three or four weeks just for the construction side of it alone. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Obviously, Dolby will certify my room as soon as that's all done. And I'm sure there's specific things that you have to do during the construction. To there are, yeah. What kind of the things? main the main requirements is they have to meet a certain SPL, a certain amount of volume at the listening position from each monitor. Okay. And so that the size of your space, 
um, and how far away the speakers are from the listening position kind of dictate how big and powerful and loud of monitors you need in order to meet Dolby spec. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bigger your room and the further away the speakers, uh, the bigger the speakers have to be in order to stay within spec. Got it. That's the biggest thing. And then also speaker location is super like Josh from Focal and Gavin Haverstick. Mm-hmm. We have an email chain going back and forth. God bless those guys. This they have they've been going back and forth on like where exactly my speakers need to be, and we're talking like down to the centimeter Whoa. for every single speaker angles, position, and everything. And they've got it all worked out. And like I would have been clueless. Like it, it's so technical. And so that's one of the things that I hope to to do on this YouTube series that I'm going to do on this is hopefully peel back the curtain on some of that because I wouldn't have been able to do this without them. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I can position this in a way, this whole series in a way where people who don't have those resources or don't have the financial ability to do this can watch the videos and be able to do it themselves. Right. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be really helpful for a lot of people. I mean, because I can't, I've talked to Gavin a little bit and I've actually recorded in studios that he's designed and this that guy is as legit as it gets like, his studios are so awesome they're so killer yeah so he he's redesigning my my room um and we're, it's basically a super heavy modification we're not literally starting over but it's heavily modified with soffits and additional ceiling clouds and modifying the the existing ceiling cloud and like the back wall is going to be like 10 times deeper than it is now wow. with diffusion built into it and It'll, it's a whole thing, but it's basically like there's some low end issues in my room that are tolerable, but once Atmos goes in, that's like the nail in the coffin. It's never going to get fixed because mm-hmm. I'm not tearing Atmos back out to fix the problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like do it now or, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you've pretty much sold me. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think generally speaking... Look, I want everyone to do whatever they're passionate about, and I don't. And I hope that people don't have. I I want people to have the least amount of financial barriers to do what they want to do possible. That said, it was ten years before I had any business mixing songs for anybody. Really, sure. yeah. Like the mixing learning curve is so long, and it's shorter for some people and longer for others. You know. But, like, it takes so many years to be a competent mix engineer that unless you plan on, and this is my opinion, unless you plan on that being your career and you're trying to release serious music and have a career in music as a performer, I think you should hire somebody to mix. Yeah. Because you just, by the time you spend all the effort and the years and the energy learning how to mix competently as a musician or as an artist, you could have wrote 500 awesome songs. Right. <laughs> and that would have way better served your trajectory of your career. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think it's something, it's uh, it's the reoccurring theme on this podcast that isn't pizza. Uh, it's <laughs> the like pe- being self-aware, right? Yeah. N- knowing yourself enough to be able to recognize, like, we all love gear. That's probably how you found this podcast in the first right. place. It, But knowing, like, how much do you really love it? Like, is, do you love it so much that you are going to put an Atmos system in your house? Yeah. Like, like an actual one? Yeah. I mean, I mean, studio is what I meant to say, but yeah. a, house, a house works too. Yep. But like, are you going to, or maybe you like guitar a lot. That's, yeah. you could buy a lot of amps. I think it's really important for people. 
I, I think making a full career out of anything in music can be so difficult that you want to you want to give yourself the best shot at it possible by laser focusing in on what's your strengths, whatever that is, whether it's being a singer or a songwriter or a performer or a mix engineer or a guitar player or whatever. Find the thing. What are you meant to do or what do you have the utmost passion for? Mm-hmm. And go all in on that, 110% on that, and surround yourself with – if let's say it's a guitar player, this is a guitar podcast ish, right? Like, yeah, sort of. So if your passion is being a guitar player and you're all in on that, 110% on that, that's awesome. Find the singer that's 110% in on being a singer. Find the mix engineer that's 110% in on being a mix engineer. Mm-hmm. And when you surround yourself with people where their strengths are your weaknesses, mm-hmm. your weaknesses are their strengths, that's when you have the best chance of having a career. It's funny that you say that because that's one thing I've, I've always, every event that I go to where, and this happened last time at GearFest, where I'm, the on, I'm not the only podcaster, but I'm the only person here that podcasting is the focus sure. instead of YouTube. And I always am like, oh, I really need to do more YouTube. I really need to. I know what I, I know what to do. I know I should do it. I have the stuff to do it. Sure. I should do it. And but then I, I hear these guys talk too, and they're like, a lot of them are like, Oh yeah, I've done interviews. I hate doing interviews. Yeah. And I'm like, I love doing interviews. Interviews is a whole yeah. different beast. I love doing interviews. And they're they're just like, I just don't like doing them. I'm not good at it. I'm like, Oh, that's my favorite thing. That's and then so it's like, Oh, wait a minute. You all love making videos. I actually don't love making videos. Right. Not those kinds of videos anyway. Right. I like making weird indie music videos that no one's ever going to watch because they're really messed up. Sure. But (laughs) that's what I do like doing those. But that's not – it's not my main thing. I like – having these conversations. I like sitting down and doing this. That's what – and none of the other guys I talk to or girls – uh, like doing that. That's and why. That's, that's, that's why, why I'm you, the only one doing it. That's like, why you have a successful podcast, and they have successful YouTube channels because mm-hmm. they. It's everybody they went all in on the thing that they are passionate about. Exactly, and I think that everybody should do that. I agree. And also, like, if you love guitar, mm-hmm. and you you. If you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you love guitar. Actually, that's not true. I know there's people who listen to this that don't even play, which is the weirdest thing. (laughs) (laughs) But if you love guitar, how much do you love guitar? Like, do you love it as much as I love guitar and love talking to people where I had to make a career in it? Or are you cool with it being a... Thing that you do as a hobby. I'm neither not, one is neither one is wrong. No, no, there's no right or wrong with any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not capable of living life not producing and mixing music. Yeah. I don't care if I'm eating ramen noodles every single night or I'm a millionaire, which will probably never happen. But like right. it doesn't matter the money has nothing to do with it. It's that is what makes me whole as a human. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, I won't be a whole person doing anything else. And so that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's funny because my dad and I were talking, um, we were just, he, he's not good at uh, like, he, how should I say this? He's not good at like talking about himself. Mm-hmm. So anytime he wants to like have his resume updated or anything, like my sister and I will help him do it sure. because he's just. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to put on here. I'm like, yeah. you're good at lots of stuff. This is not that hard, right. you know. So we were talking about that, and because he's applying for a, a different position in the same place where he works, and 
I was talking about my old jobs. And I was like, yeah, it probably would have been good to stay doing X, Y, and Z. And he's like, yeah, ultimately it didn't matter though, did it? I was like, no, you're right. He's like, you would have ended up doing this regardless. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it, I didn't know it was a possible. He's like, he didn't know it wasn't growing right. up. Sure. Like, I didn't know it was a possible thing. Or no, I would have pushed. Podcasts didn't exist 20 years ago. Right. They didn't. They yeah. didn't exist when I graduated high school. Right. I mean, they did. But nobody how long, was. How long ago did you graduate? Uh, 2005. Yeah. Was Tom, because Tom Green was kind of like the godfather, right? There was people doing it before him. Okay. But not at that scale. Okay. So, okay. yeah. That, was he doing it yet th at that point? I think he was. Okay. I think. I'm not 100% on that, but I but, believe he but was. But that was, it, back then, it was like such a, a fringe, specialized, hard. He had to hard, pay. Right. He had to pay lots of money to have. For hosting. The, for, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, now, that's not a thing. No, like, not at all. So, anyway, he was just like, if I had known that this was possible. Yeah. That I would have pushed you to try to do something like yep. this because obviously you like to talk and obviously you love music. You know what's funny is my my grandpa before he passed, uh, I I had obviously been doing music my whole life. Uh, I did my first record 21 years ago, and I had multiple studios back in Illinois where I'm from. Yeah, one of which that. was a big studio right downtown, big commercial facility. I took a huge chance and took out big loans and built the place and like did the whole thing. And my grandpa never understood how I even made money right. doing that. Right. And then when I moved to Nashville, it puzzled him even more. He's like, you don't know anyone and you just record people. How do you pay your bills? Right. It was so far removed from him that that – and he was – I got into music because of him. He was an incredible pianist, played like 30 instruments. Wow. Like I, I am literally into music because of him. But – the idea of making a career recording people was so far removed from what he thought was possible. He couldn't but even. But he knew people did it because he was a musician. Like he knew. Yeah, he never went to the studio or anything, you know, played in church and like that kind of stuff. Right. But he knew that people got recorded. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> you would think, you know, Elvis was around when that's he was a I'm, young that's man. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, He's heard recorded music. He heard before. recorded music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was more like he just assumed you probably had to go work for somebody, work for a record. Like, like the idea that you could just. That you could do it independently. That you could do it independently mm -hmm. was just totally lost on him. Makes sense. Yeah. And so. Because you could back in the day so i guess no, that makes sense impossible yeah you didn't have the uh, and not till very recently in the grand scheme of music history mm -hmm. could you just go buy some equipment and start charging people to record right like you had to invest crazy money crazy crazy money mm -hmm. you know like vinyl presses yes. like <laughs> like crazy money to do it mm -hmm. um and so you know it, it definitely is interesting watching that shift through the generations. Yeah. Now a lot of kids are coming out of school, and this is – people. I know people have been saying this forever, but it's now, I think, commonly known. Kids are coming out of high school going like, I want to be a YouTuber. A hundred percent. And it's actually a thing that you can do. It's actually a thing <laughs> you can do. It's a real career. It is. And it's a career that people actually – not everyone, but widely people actually – take seriously now finally yeah it took a long time right finally yes yeah. and it took a while i mean i still get though I, I still get people when they ask me what i do and i tell them yeah they're confused yes they're like people how do you make money at that i'm like it's very difficult <laughs> it's usually people on flights 
Yes. You sit next to someone, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm music producer. And they're like, oh, wow. And I'm like, I also do YouTube. And they're like, you do what? Mm-hmm. Like you like for work, and I'm like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I try to I actually will like change what I say based on like how the vibe I'm getting. Totally, because I don't want. I just don't want to talk down to anybody. Sometimes and I don't I'm want... like I'm a four truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> I work at the canning plant. I drive Uber. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't usually say that, but no, I, I don't either. I'm I joking. will say like if I think that they're really not gonna understand. Right. I'll be like I. I'm a partner in a guitar string company. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because that's like oh yeah. Yeah. And they're even shocked at that though. Well, sometimes. that's a rare thing. That's a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. So I will, but at least they're like, I've seen guitar strings before. I know that guitars have strings and <laughs> someone must have to make them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, they're all like, oh, well, that's interesting. I never thought about that is yep. usually the response. But in all transparency, that's about a quarter of my actual income. Sure. So, And that's the other mm-hmm. thing that's crazy is nowadays the amount of times, the amount of ways to make a living at something you're passionate about. My daughter goes to daycare. And they have gymnastics in the daycare, right? And mm-hmm. it's this local lady who owns all these mats and was like a gymnast. Mm-hmm. And it's like whatever it is, like 40 bucks a month per kid for her to come into the daycare. And mm-hmm. like they give – and I did some rough math based on how many kids I think are in that class. Mm-hmm. She's probably pulling down six or seven grand a month doing little somersaults with toddlers. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. In a daycare. Yeah. And I'm like, who would have ever thought that you could buy some mats? Now, she probably has a big background in it. I'm not trying to diminish her sure. at all. Yeah. But, like, who would have ever thought that you could make real money teaching gymnastics to four-year-olds? Right. Yeah. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby because... Let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff.
I invite you to head over to chaseblintsaudio.com. I think you're going to like what you find. And, and we, you know, I think it's re, I think our generation specifically realized some of that stuff. I think, you know, we all went to school and heard the same things, right? Yeah. Go, go to college, do this, do college. that. And that's fine if that's the path that you took and sure. that's the path that you wanted to take. That's just fine. And there's a lot of careers still where it's necessary. Absolutely. My wife's a nurse. You're not going to independent your way to being a nurse. No, you I go don't to want the independent nurse. Right. Or, or engineers. <laughs> I don't want the people designing the airbags in my car to wing it. No. That no. needs to be an educated individual. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what I did. If that's your job. <laughs> right, like, right. That's not going to work. Right. There's lots of areas where that still applies. But I think our generation largely has been like, wait a minute. There's other There's ways no to stability. do this. No. Like I, I got, I, I've told this story before. When I worked at Caterpillar as a mechanic, the only reason I kept my job is because the boss just happened to like me a little right. better. Yep. Because the other guy was kind of hard to work with. You know what's funny is, is Caterpillar, their headquarters is in Peoria where I'm from. Yes, I'm and aware. And that is, that, like growing up, like when I was 10, Everyone was like, you graduate high school, you either go to college or you get a job at Caterpillar. That's the two paths. Mm -hmm. And if you do either one of those, you've got it made. And then Caterpillar turned into this thing that was like zero stability, firing people out of nowhere. You likely won't last long enough to retire from there. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that that's the situation now. It just, I mean, I I was working there during the 2008 financial crisis. So it was like, I realized... I didn't quite grasp it then, but mm-hmm. I realized as I got as I got older, I'm like, oh no, it's always just up to some person. Exactly. Some person just like you that's like, hmm, you know what? These numbers I, on this sheet I, aren't making sense. It, I have to make them make sense. I have sense. to make them make sense. And I like this guy better than yep. the other guy. And I, you may not be the one that's liked better. Like, right. <laughs> I got lucky. Right. He could have just as easily picked me 100%. Or pick, and said, like, see ya. Yep. So, like, the, I think stability, and maybe it's just because, you know, we didn't grow up with jobs that had pensions and stuff. I mean, I got lucky enough to have one for a few years, but it wasn't very long. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that that just didn't really exist for us. So, we're like, well, if I'm just going to be up to some guy, why won't it just be up to this guy, me? You know, like, how about I try to make the decisions Also, I... Yeah, I'm hardwired to be an entrepreneur anyway. If this music thing ever falls apart for me, I'm going to buy a pressure washer mm-hmm. or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I will always work for myself be, and only because um, I have a hard time working, putting everything I have into someone else's dream. Yeah. Yeah. I can put 110% into my dream, but I can't convince myself to put more than 50% of myself <laughs> into your dream. Right. And I mean, and that's different when it comes to music, obviously, but like if you own a pressure washing company and I run a pressure washer for you, yeah, I don't care about that at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Like I care enough to show up and get paid. Yeah. And like not shoot anyone with the pressure washer. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. But if I own the pressure washer and I'm drumming up the business, I really care about that. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the thing that I didn't realize about myself. And that's why I, I'm constantly harping on self-awareness because I didn't have some of it. I thought I did. Well, I didn't have it comes some with age. That's true. That's true. But I think if I had heard some of this stuff that I've said and you've said to 
Like if it's something that would have met my ears a little sooner, mm-hmm. I probably would have switched a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah. Not that it really matters. You know, you get to where you're going based upon what you did regardless. Yep. So, um, and I do, I did gain a lot of value out of things I didn't really want to do. Absolutely. <laughs> I've done, I've had quite a few jobs that I, were brutal. It just, I wish I had realized like I was going against my own wiring for a long time. Yeah. I was like, no, this is what I do. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm like, why do, why am I miserable all the time? Cause I'm going against my wiring. Yeah. Like I will work 120 hours a week. For Happily. My, for, yeah. For myself. Yep. To make the same or less money as I would at a 40 hour for somebody 100%. else. 100%. And I, but my you dad does not understand that, and that's fine. But, but you like, know what? When I want to clock out or go on vacation, there ain't nobody to approve that time no, off. Just I just me. go do it. I just do it. Yep. Yep. Like, I was like, oh, Gear Fest is coming up. Yep. I guess I'll be there. 100%. I don't Who do I have to ask? Yep. Nobody. 100%. And, uh, yeah, I mean, granted, I don't take as many vacations because no. I don't. I don't have to. Right. I'm like, I get I to enjoy do what my I, life a lot more. I, I get to do what I want, so yep. I don't need a vacation. Yep. Um, not that I don't want one. I'll take some vacations. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like, I don't need one like I used to need. Right. One. Right. And so, that's why I just think, it, and I'm saying all this from my perspective. My dad does not like working for himself. He did it for 12 years. My wife's the same way. She's not really wired as an entrepreneur. Yeah. She wants to punch in and punch out and leave all that at work. That's exactly what he wants to do too. Yep. And he went against his own wiring and tried to be an entrepreneur for 12 years. Yep. And he's like, realized, actually, I'm not wired for this. Yep, yep. So, exactly. And I think that's just the self-awareness will bring you a lot of happiness. If you a hundred percent, a hundred percent, know your weaknesses, know your strengths, know your interests, pay attention to that stuff. Yep. And you're going to be just better off 100%. in every way. hundred percent. Dude, I hate to do this to you. No, I was going to say that's a perfect time to wrap it up. Oh, well look at that. Yeah. We, we got about 40 ish. Oh, minute. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Killer. Yeah. I have a bladder the size of a small bat, <laughs> especially let's, after let's, this. We've been, we've been working hard, man. We let's, have. Let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Dude, thank you. Absolutely. Everybody go subscribe to Colt's channel. It'll be in the show notes. Do you have anything else you want to tell anybody? No. That was a great, that was a solid conversation. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy our conversations. Same. Same. Thank you, man. Let's get some food. Let's go get food. All right. All right, everybody. For Colt, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, folks, there you have it. There's another episode in the can. Like I said, if you are not familiar with Colt's YouTube channel, make sure you slide over to the old YouTubes and check it out. You'll be very, very glad you did. And if you would like to support this show, help keep it going, and (laughs) to have been able to listen to this episode, you know, a few months ago, you could go over to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for five bucks a month, you will not only get the ad-free feed of this entire podcast, you will also get access to extra special bonus episodes like this one and many, many more that never do come out publicly. So please support the show if you can. I'd really appreciate it. And until next time, folks, I will talk to you on the internet very, very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. 
I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring and he makes it simple and his customer service is top notch. And I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about and the product is top notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.